Hey creepy crawlers, I'm Katie, and this is Case of the Creeps. Hey now, hey now, this is what dreams are made of. Or nightmares. <laughs> What's up guys? Welcome back to a very special episode of Case of the Creeps. I am Katie. What up, creepy peeps? Holy shit, this is a huge episode. So huge, I couldn't do it with just one guest, but two. One you have already heard from before and who will be on most of my killer episodes. My thunder buddy, Kaylee. Hello. And also, for his first appearance, and definitely not the last, the cousin-in-law and the most batshit crazy person I've ever had the pleasure of talking killers with while drinking, the Papa Bear, Nate. I almost just died before <laughs> this, so... I'm happy you could make it. <laughs> Thanks for being here. The countertop almost took me out. Well, I don't know if it was a countertop or human error. My own stupidity. <laughs> the lizard brain was hard at work. <laughs> We're here, you guys. It's finally happening. We had to reschedule once, but I feel it was for good reason to make sure that we could do it tonight and be just mwah, chef's kiss perfect. This is going to be our very first official part one and part two episode. I'm kind of torn on releasing it all at once or making people sit there and wait for it. Make you them, know? Make them fucking oh, work. I'm going to make them Jones for it, I feel. Okay. Personally hate that because <laughs> I'm a binger. I will wait. I will wait it out until if, if it's like one that like comes on like weekly. Uh -huh. I'm like, nope, no. I, I will wait out until it comes out and I can watch the whole freaking thing because I hate that. I hate cliffhangers. I'm leaning I hate towards it. the. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm kind of leaning because this is such a big fucking case. We're gonna make it wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems only fitting for our first one to be one who is someone that actually enjoyed separating their victims as well. The Bumblebutt himself, Mr. Edmund Emil Kemper III, a.k.a. the co-ed killer, the co-ed butcher, big ol' lead. <laughs> fucking Bumblebutt. The Bumblebutt of all Bumblebutts. This fucking dude. Now, Kaylee, you have not been allowed to research any of our co-ed killer history, except for what you have seen over my shoulder while doing research. But Papa Bear, <laughs> this is your number one killer, my man. Don't get me wrong. All serial killers fucking losers but the whole his the way they think and the whole psychology of it it's is why he's one of my favorites absolutely he, he was technically a genius but he was still a loser he was, was a, the biggest was loser fucking, in the world he was a sack of shit like any other serial well killer. we were looking at pictures earlier and i think we can all agree that he is the nerd in the mom's basement playing dunsons and dragons you absolutely <laughs> cannot convince me different that he wasn't just a toe just a toe he was a big toe <laughs> He definitely pushed those glasses up a time or two. And, and honestly, <laughs> if I was his mom, I would have blowed him too. Oh, and we're going to get there too, because damn, Clarnell, you came in strong on this one, lady. This is also my number two. So me and Nate, we have done a week's worth of research on the big old bumblebutt. You fell asleep to the I, I was dedicated, okay? <laughs> I was dedicated to the cause. <laughs> I literally so fell asleep. Studying. I'm falling asleep on this guy as he's murdering his two fucking victims. Like, wake up and it says, he raped their head. And I'm like, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> it's a 
nice little lullaby. Well, and as I said before, this is going to be two parts just because there's so much on this guy. There's no way we could cover it efficiently enough in just one episode. With all of this out of the way, we'll do some quick plugs at the end. We're going to be recording both parts tonight. So, y'all ready? You ready to pop this case? Let's go. Are you ready? All right. Are you, Are you ready, ready for this? this? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Come on, get in here. Ready. I don't know that oh. one. <laughs> ready? One, two, three. Cheers, bitches. The Kemper. Oh. Mm. Okay. So I think I am going to set the scene. Do it up. Here we go. So you're, fucking go. you're a dedicated hiker in the California area, and you decide you wake up one morning to go for a hike. You call your buddy. You're up in the Loma Prima Mountains in Santa Cruz. And you're walking and you're enjoying that sunrise as it's peeking through the mountains. And all of a sudden, you lose your footing a little bit, and you look down and you kick a skull. But not just any skull, it's a human fucking skull. Perfect. <laughs> Apparently at that time, it was still known, well, Santa Cruz was just becoming known as the murder, murder capital, capital of the, of the world. world. Yep. So you imagine like two hikers, like, God damn, another skull. Another skull. Like, this is like, son of a bitch, tired. Fucking this is supposed to be a nice place. I was going to raise a family here. <laughs> I hate it! Throw it in the backpack! <laughs> well, little did you know that you just stumbled across one of Ed Kemper's very first co-ed killer victim. Ed Kemper, we're gonna go all the way back, he was born on December 18th of 1948 in Burbank, California, two parents, Edmund Emil Kemper II and Clarnell Stage. That fucking toe. What a big toe. <laughs> this woman was just the epitome of awful in every fucking way mentally abused the shit out of both husband and Edmund the third as well. If you were a man, I think it's safe to say you were not safe in that household. There's a reason that she went through several husbands. There's a reason she went through and several And it's not husbands. them. No, it absolutely was not. Sure, his dad, his dad probably was a little distant. At the time, then, that's how it was. It was well, just, yeah. The okay. dad was just an asshole. He was like, I want my goddamn drink when I get home. There better be pot roast. Pot roast every goddamn day. Every damn day. <laughs> Well, and then also, Daddy was a World War II veteran, and he was a nuclear weapon tester, who at one point said also, working with bombs was easier than living with Clarnell. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Talk about Excuse nuclear me. family. I would rather work with radioactive material than kiss you hello. <laughs> give me the cancer, please. please give me the cancer. Give me the OT. Cancer. OT, you guys, OT. You got, you got plenty of that over there, right? <laughs> hey, anybody want the day off tomorrow? Anybody. Anybody. <laughs> I'll take it for you. Go home to my fucking hedgehog of a wife. Well, then not, <laughs> not only that, Edmund was also the middle child between two, his two sisters, Alan Lee Kemper, which was two years younger, and then Susan Huey Kemper, who was five years older. Damn middle child. He had the middle child syndrome from the very fucking start. And... You know, Clarnell, she was... Hey, I'm a middle child. <laughs> so, so is Zachary. <laughs> explain. That does explain a lot. It does. It's in y'all's blood. Fuck. <laughs> You're just screwed, dude. Well, oh, and Edmund, man. he, from the very start, did not have it good. I think it was at age seven, Clarnell started locking him in the basement at night. He was not allowed to be above ground. I think it was through a secret trap door. Um, actually, it was it was age nine mm. when his dad left him. His dad left the family because his mom was such an unbearable bitch <clears throat> that he had to get the fuck out of there. I'm out. So, but, I'm it was, out. but it was shortly after that time that she she became aware that he was a little off, 
and he she locked him down there because in the end she thought he was gonna molest his sisters so she was like well let me fucking nip this in the butt and trauma yeah. <laughs> right in the goddamn basement where he it. spent a lot of fucking time he was only allowed out like it was through a trap door there's different stories but mostly what i read it was through a trap door like under the table but it in the end of his own basement by himself with rats and fucking whatever have you. And all he had down there was just a bare light bulb that he would have to run in the pitch darkness to the bulb to turn it on. And that's how he was the only source of light he had. And I think at one time there was a furnace down there. Yeah, he had a furnace. He said that when he was a child being locked down there so many times because of course he had the... He was already messed up because even before his dad left, he was quoted as saying that he would leave his house, he would sneak out with his dad's bayonet and go and watch his teacher from her window. And this is at seven fucking years old. He's already a weirdo, but he, he used to watch early her. Early style. Yeah, like, he, would, he would have fantasies about murdering his teacher. And he was also quoted as like, even before I killed anybody, he's like, I already knew I was going to kill. He already knew it. So at young age, this Whoa. is also, he's a fucking... Sociopaths. So I want to be an artist. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a mass murderer. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, and then also there was the one time that his sisters found out that he had a crush on his teacher, so they teased him about it and said, "Well, why don't you kiss her?" And he said, "Well, if I kiss her, then I'd have to kill her, or I'd have to kill her first. Well, yes, yeah, so he said, "If I kiss her, then I'd have to kill her." He he was already he was like, "I want." booty <laughs> at seven years old it's kind of weird like nobody else but like his mom was like get in the goddamn basement i'm tired of your <laughs> fucking have, nonsense had he even experienced death at this point like, no anything nothing not at this point no nope, not until this point where and then we start to see some more oddities within old eddie boy hold on that blows my mind because like i remember being young and like not even having the concept of death like until way older i'm like what do you mean like i understand okay heaven because they tell you all that when you're young blah, blah, blah. but like death like the end of a human like mm -hmm. there's a, the, you know what i'm saying like let me tell you as a young boy <laughs> i thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> sneaking out of the basement watching my teacher <laughs> what the yeah, fuck like licking my lips like how do you know <laughs> like how do you even go from like i have sexual feelings and then associate that with death. Holy fucking Christ. What, I don't think he had necessarily had the sexual feelings right off the gate, but it was he had that feeling. He was like, God, I'd like to fucking stab that bitch right in her neck. Absolutely. It was weird shit like that. Well, and then after Dad left again, we start to see a little bit more of a trail down the darker side. He This is when he becomes a very... Is this when he becomes a large John Wayne fan? He was essentially always a John Wayne fan, but it was after his dad left more so that he was in the John Wayne. It was kind of thinking like a father figure thing mm -hmm. to him because he like pictured his dad as a big strong he loved his dad yeah he did he, and he thought his dad, his dad loved him because that was like really the only person that would give him any kind of attention other than his sisters mm -hmm. his sisters weren't too bad like in older interviews they recall him being happy and nice at some times but, but they like to play really weird games. Yeah, I think he liked to get them into the weird ones. Like... He really tried to involve them in some really weird games. Yeah. Like, when we were kids, what, we played hide-and-seek and tag. But Edmund liked to play electric chair or and gas, gas chamber. chamber yes. <laughs> By far, my favorite fuck? is the gas chamber. I, I I'm admire gonna go gas chamber. The, the thought process behind gas Seven chamber. Seven-year-olds over here reading Mind Comp. Like, so <laughs> he would... <laughs> this guy's really making a lot of sense. <laughs> So what he would do is he would tell his sisters, let's play gas chamber, and he would force them to make him the victim, and then lock him in a closet and pretend to flip a switch, 
where he would pretend to choke to death. Just, just that, oh, that was, so he was the one inside the gas he chamber. The and like, they're like, he's like, okay, flip the switch. Yes. And then he's like, Aah. and then with the electric chair, same thing. They would sit him down in a chair, strap him down, flip a switch, and he'd writhe in the chair like he was being electrocuted. Miles style, absolutely. <laughs> and he later in an interview he said it was the sense of control in the situation that I had. I knew in this situation I was dying. And that's what I wanted. But this motherfucker's nine years old at the time, too, of these games. So oh, maybe nine. a little younger. Again, he's concept like, of death? Who the fuck? <laughs> where are you getting this? Well, then he tried what? to actually test his theory and concept of death with the house cat. Oh, just number one. Uh, actually, house cat number one. This is the one that he buried alive and then <laughs> dug him back up, decapitated it, and make, made a cat lollipop. Stuck the head on a stick. Good old cat sickle. Yeah. Good old cat sickle. <laughs> and kept it in his room. This was the time he was down in the basement, and he's quoted saying when he was down in the basement, he said, because he, he was staring at the furnace for hours, because that was the only thing he had was this cat and then the furnace. He was the only two friends, like a big a fire demon. Yeah, <laughs> a big and a fire fucking a cat. A big fire <laughs> demon and a cat, a light bulb. And he said, he's like, I would stare, and he's like, this is the, he's, while staring into the furnace, he's like, that's the first time I saw the doubled space. He was like, he did. He was like, okay, I'm a fucking okay. crazy person. Well, imagine being locked in a basement and the only thing you have, you're going to make shit up. Your, oh, it's your, your own mind is going asylum. to. And I mean, with the fire being there and like constantly changing shapes and stuff, oh, I can totally he see also, his mind getting into He also said that's when his like hatred for women was solidified because the whole time his mom was doing this and his mom was the person who was like, you're never going to fucking be anything. You're fucking. Especially holding his sisters in a higher standard That's than him. Having sisters, <laughs> so they he, don't have to be down there. Exactly. Women were put on a pedestal around him. So he, he something snapped in him at that moment. Fuck like, women. These, he's, Fuck women. Yeah, exactly. Fuck women. And he said the cat. Fuck women. <laughs> the only friend he had was the cat. And the, he said that he killed the cat because it turned. he felt it turned his, its attention away from him. So he had no more attention. Everything was going back to the women that had done everything to him at this point in time. So he said, fuck it, I'm going to make this cat mine. And he fucking makes a cat popsicle. <laughs> like, well, oh, you're going to like women now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to treat you. I'm going to show you, bitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to put you on your own pedestal. Mm -hmm. So then Clarnell found, I, she found both. This one, she was just like, hey, get this cat out of here. Get it out. And then oh, they got a new cat. They got a new cat. It did the same fucking thing. And this cat, he chopped the top of the head off with the skull with a machete to expose its brain. How do you get a machete? Well, he's a kid, and I'm sure they have like a shop, like a, a shed with Back like then, lots of yeah. Just do whatever you, you know, want. Yeah, you know, in the fucking basement with him. It was, like, it was like a regular thing for kids back then to get like fucking guns and knives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's a Molotov, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Bobby's just walking down the road dragging an axe. It's cool. Now whatever. go to the store and get me a pack of cigarettes, you little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> No, so, and then they got this new cat. The cat did the same fucking thing, started showing its attention to the other girls. Or so he thought. Or so he thought. He's a fucking lunatic. He is a <laughs> sociopathic loony. So he chopped the top of the head off to expose the skull with this machete. Then, what was it? He dismembered the body and stuffed it into a plastic bag, put it in a suitcase, and stuffed it in his closet. Which his mom found again. The first one he was able to lie at his way yeah. out of somehow. And he's like, I don't know what his mom was thinking. Maybe she was fucking drunk like she always was. Mm -hmm. She was like, I'm 
fucking weirdo because you call him a weirdo all the time yes she did she actually was quoted calling him a big old weirdo a lot in his adolescence goes back to him her thinking he was gonna molest the kid his his sisters i was like she had this inkling about him Mm because not to mention well we haven't mentioned it yet ed kemper was six nine three hundred pounds by the time he was an adult so when he's just a kid, he's already the fucking size of us he was now. Huge. So he like was like fourteen or fifteen huge. years around. He was probably around six five at like fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was a big fucking yeah. kid. Clarnell was, I think, trying to bring him down a little bit to be like, "Hey, you're not fucking special here. Like, you yeah. need to get that through your head. You're just like your fucking father." She was yeah. super in, like endeared. Like she was a fucking menace. Absolutely. She was. She was a fucking terrible person too. Regardless of what. Mm-hmm. I, I know nobody said she was a good person, but in any of she was like, "No, she was." A, fucking bitch. She was also huge. She, she was, was huge. six foot tall. Height ran in the family on both sides. Both parents were over six foot, so I mean, it that was, was six eight? Six eight, yeah. yeah, it was six eight, and then Clark Big Old Toe was, fucking I think, six, six two, I believe? So, I, Somewhere I around there. Exactly. Well, it was a big bitch. Yeah. Well, then Cornell <laughs> found bitch. <laughs> fucking Christ. The sidewalk's got a weight limit, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cornell found kitty number two and was like, hey, you need to get the hey, cat parts. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, big old weirdo. Are you weirdo. doing this? I think you're doing yeah, this, right? This, this, this is no, <laughs> no, not me, mother. No, me, mother. faced asshole. <laughs> well then, it was Vecna. It was Vecna. <laughs> well then, it was time. Edmund said, "Fuck you guys. I'm fucking out." He ran away to daddy. Now. Nate, you covered more of when he was staying with Daddy than I did. You know, I, in his defense, minus the cats and my mom locked me in the basement, I would have moved away from uh, Helena, Montana as well. <laughs> the worst place in the world. I looked at pictures. It is looks terrible. It, wait, that would be first off. Wor- it's fucking cold. All the fucking time. Fuck Montana. It's no Montana. <laughs> what is there in Montana? Not Ed Kemper. Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, because <laughs> he, he ran away, and he thought he was going to go back to his dad, because he thought his dad was, like, that was his fucking idol at the time, because his dad was the only one that sort of, sort of showed any kind of, like, semblance of love or caring or nurturing to him, and so he's like, well, fuck it, I'm going to go. Screw the abandonment, Yeah, I still love I'm gonna you. I'm going to go, yeah, <laughs> I know you left me when I was nine, but this fucking horrible alcoholic, but that's okay. I forgive you. It's the whole father figure thing. He wanted he wanted John Wayne, and his dad was John Wayne to him. So mm-hmm. he left. And he, uh, he's only with his dad for a short time because uh, his stepmom would say that he gave her migraines while he was around. And before he even got sent away, she just hated him. He had a, a stepbrother too. I didn't look too far into him because he wasn't really he didn't talk too much about him because you gotta understand that most of the information we get about Ed Kemper is from Ed himself. Mm-hmm. Nothing it's it's a lot of it can be embellished, but it's embellished by him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his stories do differentiate from interview to interview, but you also have to understand it's also the interviewer that could be filling in, you know. He would change his stories. Yeah, he would change his stories based on his different answers. But he still had like he had more hours of interviews than anybody else because he was a fucking sociopath. He wanted people to know. He wanted that recognition. He had, Despite what he said. He had five huh. to six hours worth of interview tapes yeah. when all said was done. He was the largest archived interview next to Jeffrey Dahmer, who had that two-hour interview at one time. I think he maxed out at about 
12 hours total as far as interview time. I'm not completely sure, though. Yeah, and, uh, like I said, his stepmom fucking hated him. After he got there, I'm sure there was talk in the bedroom, like, you need to get the fuck out of here. You need to get him out of here. And his did dad, she feel his the dad, same vibes that his mom did? Yeah, he, like, he, yeah she just knew he was this, fucked there's up. Fuck, he's weird. Because his dad was like, catch him, like, fucking, like, like, menacingly, just like, I'm sure he's doing a lot of groaning, and because he was fucking Hello? at this time he was probably like six four, six mm-hmm. five, just like, and he called himself a bumblebush, so knocking over bases, and just like his giant. If you look at him, he looks like a pear. Fucking walking pear. He's got a big old booty. So uh, it's like a bull in a china shop with that thing. <laughs> that BBL shape. His, <laughs> yeah. So eventually. You know, he stayed with his dad for a little bit, and there was a lot of weird shit that he did during that time. He was fucking, he was a weirdo. But, uh, eventually they go to his grandparents' house, and, uh, his dad winds up leaving him there, and it's, like, Christmas Day. His dad's like, all right, well, I love you guys. They're like, he, I get this picture, like, all right, go say bye to your grandparents. He's <laughs> fucking feels out, he's gone. <laughs> Fuck you! We're handing off the window, eat shit, Ed. Fucking... <laughs> 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 the horn, just, he has the freaking, what's that, the orange car, I can't think of that freaking show right now. Dukes of Hazzard? Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> <laughs> the General Flying through Grandpa's fence, he just got done building. This was it, and this was it. And his picture of like jumping and going, fuck you. <laughs> his stepmom and a pair of fucking He slid dancing. across yeah. the hood to get in the back of the car to peel off. <laughs> his grandparents just like, that was fucking weird. <laughs> so, it, uh, so this was in 1963, and like after that, there were some interviews with his dad because they asked about forgiveness and shit later on. And another thing Ed could not wait to talk about. But his father was being quoted as saying about his personality changed so much that I was worried about him being here with my pre- or with my present wife, and because he, he saw the same shit that his mm-hmm. fucking wife saw, it's like fucking <laughs> mouth breathing at her, like peeking through doors, and she was like, "I'm gonna cut this bitch's head off." <laughs> Couldn't wait. Fantasizing. So then Ed got <laughs> Ed got ditched at the grandparents. The grandparents were Edmund Emil Kemper Sr. And Maud Kemper, who also, I will say, had major big toe energy as well. Which is so weird, because it's just, that's the dad's mom. It's not even, like, Cl- Cl- fucking Clardell or whatever. Well, it could be true as well. Men tend to marry their mothers as well. That's true. They do see Wait, that. Wait, you look at a lot of his victims, it looked like his fucking mom's too. Yeah, it's Kemper not also... Not that that's a correlation between those two, but... No, he did have a type when it did come to his killings, and we will touch back on that, but it was very Ted Bundy-ish, I would say, as well, with the pe- petite brown hair, <laughs> right down the middle, just... And he always said, I went for the pretty ones. I always went for the pretty ones. But anyways, let's not jump around too much here. Um... <laughs> You would be a victim. (laughs) This was at 16 that he was at his grandparents. This was in 63. 15. He was 15. He was 15. Thank you. He joined the Boy Scouts. He got, that's where he learned how to skin animals and use a knife. His grandpa Just what he needed. Yeah. Help. His grandpa Help. (laughs) Instruction. Yeah. Then uh, his grandpa gave him a 22 rifle so that he could go out hunting with a dog. You're going to shoot your eye out, kid. Absolutely. But Maud, on the other hand, was also seeing some tendencies in old Eddie and was like, yeah, he shouldn't have guns. 
So then the women always catch on, but the men were totally oblivious. Yeah, just Grandpa like, was just like, he's fine, he's being a boy, <laughs> whatever. whatever. But she was also, he saw her as his mom, because she was the same way with him and his grandpa, because mm-hmm. he was like, he was like, she thought he, she had more balls than any man who was constantly emasculating him and his grandfather, mm-hmm. so he, just to prove it, and he was like, man, fuck this bitch, he's like, I want to kill all the small animals I fucking can, just, he would do a lot of shit just to spite her, but I think it, it, between the two of them, I think his grandpa really did love him, and wanted him to do right, so he was giving him outlets, because I'm sure he saw the fuck. Everybody could have seen the weird shit because he hadn't developed his personality. Yet. He didn't. He wasn't around anybody. He had no friends. He had nothing. He was constantly sheltered, no yeah, matter what so. form. He's a, he's 15 when he got dropped off. Yeah. Yes. So. Oh God, prime like yeah. adolescence. Building yeah. Years, I did like, when I was 15. Uh, it was not carrying around a 22 the no. way that Edmund was. No, no, no. I was drinking, but <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't far. No. But you didn't have a skin decapitated rabbit hanging over no, your No, nothing in my childhood maybe. No, no. So we can pretty much assume that this is starting to build a pent-up rage in Kemper towards his grandma because he again sees his mom in there and is just like, Ugh, I hate women. I hate women. I can't fucking take it anymore. Which led to August 27th of 1964. Grandpa went to go grocery shopping while Grandma sat at the kitchen table working on a proof for a short story that she was writing for a local boys magazine. Fittingly enough, was called Fire in the Cannon. <laughs> it's a little bit of foreshadowing what? if I ever fucking saw it. Fire it all! So Ed grabbed his rifle one day and called the dog <laughs> to go and leave and go hunt. And Ed, freaking Grandma, here she comes, yelled at Ed not to shoot the birds. Because apparently that was the thing he liked to do, was go out and shoot the birds. She was like, stop fucking shooting all the birds. You need to knock it off. Faster and Well, shit. Ed did not like this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ed did not like this. He was already out the door when she said this, so he stared at her through the screen with this peering hatred and then decided... Yep. Decided, I'm taking it. Here we go. Went ahead, got went back inside, snuck up behind Grandma, shot her twice in the head, once in the stomach, and her body slumped over onto her fire in the cannon short story. <laughs> Bled all over it. Yes. Just... Now, Nate and I found two different stories as to what happened next. The one story is that he just stabbed her multiple times at the chair. The another uh, version is that he then took Grandma's body up to the bedroom where he stripped her. I don't think he stripped her. I think he... He fantasized. He said he said he thought about like uh, exploring her sexually, but then he thought it would be too like embarrassing or degrading for mm. himself. I suppose because he Cause wasn't. He doesn't want to have sex with my grandma. Yeah, he wasn't quite into it yet. You just shot grandma. You're not yeah. far. I think he. It was more so like the but whole endearing s- thing for him was shoot his grandma. I was like that was a form of his mom. Yeah. And his grandpa was a form of his dad. So he like used that because. The twenty two was an outlet because he would spend hours shooting these fucking animals, and his grandma fucking hated it, and he saw her as a warden, and a, he would just keep doing it and doing it, do it, and eventually he, the fucking grandpa was tired of hearing fucking Maud's mouth. He was like, "All right, I'll take the goddamn gun away." He finally takes the gun away, and Kipper's like, "What the fuck?" So he start he eventually his fucking anger is getting more and more and more. And uh, it's just growing aggression, and they're letting him simmer, letting him simmer, because he said at one time his grandpa had a forty-five, and sh- they were getting ready to leave on some sort of trip, 
And he saw her with her purse and was kind of bulging. He's like, that fucking bitch took that gun. <laughs> and that was almost his exact quote. He's like, oh, that fucking... Oh, he said, why this old bitch? <laughs> just like... So he's just calling his old his grandma an old, old bitch. bitch. And he's like, oh, she fucking took this. I t- promised her I wasn't going to fucking take the gun. She knew better. And he was going to go out there and fucking... Oh, yeah. pew, 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 fucking have a well, and then later in an interview, too, I saw that Kemper... When they asked him, like, how did that make you feel? And he goes, she didn't trust me. Yeah. I didn't give her any reason yeah. not to. I just couldn't believe it. And it's like... What? Yeah. You gave a lot of red flags, <laughs> yeah. bud. Uh, Maybe all the gophers you, you fucking shot. <laughs> you are a walking red flag. Absolutely. I mean, you're tall enough to be a fucking flagpole at this point as well, <laughs> so you've got it all working for you. Yeah, It. I think in the end, he was more, he thought about doing it, and I think that was his line for her at least, because it wasn't his mom. He was like, fuck that bitch. Nope. But he still saw it, he was like, oh, uh, maybe got a little bit out, and he was like, kind of like this. Well, in the heat of all of this, Ed forgot that he had left a loose end in the form of Grandpa, who had just now also pulled back in from getting groceries. So Ed walked outside and met him, and while Grandpa was turned around, he shot him once in the head. When later asked as to why he shot both his grandma and his grandpa, it was, I just wanted to see what it felt like to kill Grandma. But just I, wanted to see what it felt like. But I, grandma. But I didn't want... cookies were dry as fuck. They were! (laughs) But when asked about his grandpa, he said, I didn't want grandpa to see what I had done to his wife. So That was sweet of him. It was a level of empathy towards male figures. So it was, you could see a distinct split now of, we don't put pussy on the pedestal. (laughs) Yeah, you don't do that. We don't do that. See what's gonna happen? You're gonna shoot your grandma in the back of the fucking head. What's gonna happen? Absolutely. (laughs) poor bastard. So, such a big difference in stories, though, between just stabbing her in her in place and then totally dragging her upstairs and possibly thinking about that's a dramatic difference. Into it. He yeah. said that he stabbed her so fucking hard that he bent the knife. Mm-hmm. So it, that was out of, that shit. was out of a place of pure <laughs> hatred. I Absolutely. think his sexual thought came after. He's like. Well, not only that, he stabbed yeah. her He's after like, shooting her Do three I want times. To? No. <laughs> No. No. Yeah. No. No. I'll come back to this. Not to mention, he didn't stab her until after he had already shot her three times. So, like, you're just, you're mad, bro. You are very mad. Overkill. Absolutely. Eating a dead horse at that point. Absolutely. Literally. (laughs) Literally. She was probably the size of a fucking horse, too. Well, I'm sure what to do next. Kemper then called mummy. Who freaked out and said, the fuck you doing calling me? Call the fucking cops. I hate you anyway. Yeah. Why are you fucking calling me? You're getting what you deserve, pretty God much. damn it, Ed. I was able to run out the basement since you've left. Yeah. I just picture her like a, God damn it, Ed. Like she smokes a thousand cigarettes, just drinks bush beer. It's like straight <laughs> scotch. She's like, not even good scotch. Like oh, cheap no. plastic bottle scotch. Yeah. God damn it, Ed. Why are you calling me at this hour? <laughs> Scratchy ass. Mother. Mother. I did something wrong. <laughs> they both sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ed did what Mommy said and called the cops, where he sat and waited for the cops to come. Yep. Wait. <laughs> yeah, he sat on the porch. I, uh, he called. Yeah, I just shot my grandma. So, and I'm, I can only picture, this is how the call like went. Sling blade. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I just killed a man. I just <laughs> like, killed a man. Put me your tub head in two. Can you bring me some tater tots? <laughs> bring me some tater tots on over. Made a biscuit with mustard. <laughs> 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 
Um, shit, I lost my spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I can only imagine what the call, how the call went, which would be like a little something like, oh, local police station. Ned goes, yeah, hi, I'm Ed Kemper. I just shot my grandparents. Can you come here? <laughs> Shut up, kid. Fucking prank call. Fucking prank call. Well, that. needless to say, he uh, was arrested. He immediately admitted to the murder as well. And he was sent to the criminally insane unit of the Atescadero State Hospital. Crimes were at first deemed incomprehensible for a 15-year-old to commit. The, well, actually, sorry, that's reversed. The court diagnosis was paranoid schizophrenia. But after staying in there for a little bit, psychiatrist came back and said that crimes were deemed incomprehensible for a 15-year-old to commit. Oh, he couldn't have done this. No, not at all. No, he's 15. Because, no. yeah. I mean, really, at the time, how many other people were, <laughs> yeah. his age, I was like, oh, fuck grandma. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we don't want grandpa to see this. She's <laughs> awfully a lot like my mom. Well, and I don't like it. Yeah. Like bitch. <laughs> so, because of this already redeeming of events, Psychiatrists and social workers at the state hospital disagreed and re-diagnosed him as a sociopath. Fucking so that's, that's what he always so was. Yeah. So that's the what they come to. You, uh, you no agreeing here. So sociopath is what we're gonna go with. Mm-hmm. They, well, right. at first they were like, "Yeah, he's a paranoid schizophrenic." He had no paranoia until he was like, "I'm gonna fucking shoot grandma." This old bitch, and he's like, "I'm tired. Of, <laughs> I'm tired of the shit." Pow, 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 pow. I'm John Wayne now, motherfucker. Well then, this, well, then this test also actually led to the test of his IQ, and this is where we discover this man is a fucking semi-genius and has an IQ of a whopping 145. Yeah, it was originally, I think it like tested out like 136, and like the later on ones after the more murder... <laughs> After the more murder. More murder. After the more murder. <laughs> wonder if Jesus they, Christ. <laughs> I wonder if they altered the questions to, like, fit him, like, oh. as a person. Because, you know, like, IQ tests aren't the answers. It's how you come to the answer, basically, mm-hmm. is how they kind of, like, like <laughs> they cater the questions, like, to his fucking crazy-ass mind. Like, like... How would you come to moving a 350-pound body down four flights of stairs and he, like, comes with this stupid fucking... Oh, so you put a little piece of cardboard underneath and you make it like a skateboard and they just go right on down. Everybody knows you use a trebuchet. (laughs) Are you exposing yourself right now? No! He's not answering that same stupid question. If two trains leave stations at the same time, and he's not answering that. Maybe that is something I should have went into and like looked at the like IQ as far test as their IQ test. Yeah, I'm mean, sure it was different back in the first <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, and then not to mention especially if there's fucking dirty hippies. This is the hippie era happening as he's growing up. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. But Ed again is during his adolescent stage in life, and he is in an insane ward state hospital. So he's st- sticking around with the general population, which were rapists, murderers, pedophiles. He literally had like his pick of the bucket. Taking take notes. He do everyone. And that's yeah. what he did. He would sit there and he would take notes. He then also gained the confidence of the prison employees as well and would later be called a model prisoner. He's very endearing to his psychiatrist, mm-hmm. is what it was. He was doing a lot of ass kissing. This is where, oh, like, yeah. this is where he honed his like. This is when he was starting his personality. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, if I act like a big dumb idiot, <laughs> which I am. You gotta I act like the bumblebutt like, that I I'm am. I'm gonna act like a goddamn bumblebutt. <laughs> he did refer to himself as a bumblebutt a lot, but I think that was also part of his, his whole persona, his, his Clark Kent that exactly, he was making. Exactly, yep. Because inside he was still a 
fucking monster, despite how nice everybody, his psychologist, doesn't matter who said how nice he was. He could still be nice, but if you were a young woman, he was like, fuck this bitch. That was inside of him. He mm-hmm. didn't, there is, he was Clark Kent and Superman, essentially. And that's, again, this if is Superman where he started. Superman sex with people's heads. Oh, um, <laughs> we're, yeah. <laughs> Well, also because he had this now label, like I can picture the "Hello, my name is Model Prisoner." Was <laughs> <laughs> hey, what was it? The JCC? Yes, he was. He was. JCC, yep. Yeah. So he would he got special privileges because he was such a good boy in there. He actually was able Trevor to start good. <laughs> good job being a good boy. He's like a, he's like a dumb Hulk. Hulk <laughs> all my gold stars yeah i have all these gold stars well because he had all these gold stars he started getting some special treatment and he got some special jobs like giving out the psychiatric tests to other patients (laughs) wait hold on a minute no you hold on a minute because i'm not done (laughs) tv time extra visitation psychologist yes let's just (laughs) it went two steps further because not only did he get to distribute these tests he also got to score them. So he got to see, Your eye just twitched, and that was fucking great. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, this bitch just really said that? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, but he got, to, no. he got to actually score them. So he got to see how rapists would answer, how other murderers would answer these certain tests. And he got smart and started to memorize, well, if I say this... This makes it look better. Makes it look like I'm not so cuckoo. So, and then he also got to create his own test too. He got to actually sit and assist on certain psychiatric tests as well. Yeah, it was said. It was said that How he, old was he when he was only? He was only fifteen. Though, yeah, he was 15, 15, 16. Yeah, sixteen years old, and he's he's he, he said administering he, psychology tests to all these fucking like, other Looney Tunes that are murderers and rapists and pedophiles. Yeah, lock this one up. And he's sort of sexist. Hey, put him in with John. Yeah, I know he fucks kids, but I think he'd be good with Kemper. He'd be good. Well, also, Kemper was six fucking nine. He's like, I'll rape you. And this is where <laughs> he learned from a certain rapist or a sex offender one thing that he actually references to later on during his killing spree, and that was to avoid leaving witnesses. It's best to kill women after raping them so that they can't go tell on you. Hey, kid, you know what you should really try? Murdering her after you rape her. She yeah. can't say shit. Nope. And, I mean, if you're going to go all the way, you might as well just go ahead and penetrate somewhere else, too. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you imagine that? Good but point. he was raised by murderers and rapists. Essentially. Well, actually, for six years he was in there. Is that right? Six years? Yeah, he got yeah. out when he was 21. December 18th, 1969. Kemper's 21st Happy birthday. birthday to me. Oh, mother. <laughs> He is walking out a fresh new man, but we have a little bit of a problem here. He was really ever really a man. <laughs> if not, he's a <laughs> big ass fucking girl. You got me choking on I mean, here on the phone. If you murder women, you're quite a man. I don't think so. Biologically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> In the technical term, yeah. I mean, it really boils down to: Have you ever had sex with a live heart beating person? Him. Nope. No. 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 Wrong. Well, so Ed was released on parole from a Tescadero. Happy birthday, Ed. That's wonderful. 
but against all fucking recommendations from social workers, psychiatrists, employees, literally everyone. Hobo out back by the dumpster. Anyone who has heard Ed's story at this point, they're like, dude, do not go back to your mother. Do not do it. You need to cut her off. Don't send her a Christmas card. Don't even tell her that you're getting out. Guess who we got out to? His mama. Mommy! Mother! 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 Fucking <laughs> bitch! Oh, Big Toe Clarnell coming in, who was recently divorced for the third time yeah. at this point. Hell yeah. And had took a job at the University of it. California in she Santa Cruz. She was on a roll. So then with this parole as well, Ed had mandatory meetings with psychiatrists, which led to November 29th, 1972, which is a very, very large date we will touch back on. Ed's juvenile record is expunged. Bye-bye, grandparents. I have a clean record. Fucking bastard. I didn't kill my grandma. That was... No. No, time killed mine. (laughs) (laughs) Time killed mine. Well, diabetes and uh, an aneurysm. So, eh, maybe not time. (laughs) (laughs) Health issues. So, we actually finished a lot quicker on our part one than I was anticipating us to. Kaylee? (laughs) (laughs) How you you feeling? Uh, disturbed. Disturbed. (laughs) He's a very disturbed individual. But, again, obviously, like you guys say, it comes a lot from, we see a lot of this fucking shitty ass moms mm-hmm. as a fucking trend with Mother. these people. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's something that goes all actually I think for like all serial killers really is there's there's no normal childhood in any of them really. Fuck no. Except for even and Ted Bundy is not even really a, an exclusion either because he had that one girl that pissed him off and that flipped his switch. It's like the one thing they all do have in common that could make their childhoods considered normal to them is that they're all fucked up. They like, had fucked up childhood. That's normal, right? That's normal for you. Yeah, it's normal for me. Like, I could imagine, like, a serial killer convention, and it's like, your mom locked you in a basement? My dad locked me in the attic. I was in the closet. <laughs> Shut up, Fred. That doesn't count, you Harry Potter bitch. Shut up, you fucking asshole. <laughs> well, I, a lot of them do have their parents it's the whole nature versus nurture thing like, it really is. is it in their nature to be that way or did their parents nurture them that way and clearly his mom fucking nurtured him that way it might have been his nature early but who knows how because she was a violent alcoholic you know what i mean so mm-hmm. maybe his whole life she was just like you fucking stupid asshole it's like she didn't want that second kid with big old ee big old ee <laughs> <E-E that laughs> he wanted it Maybe, I don't, you know, and, but she, uh, she definitely had a lot to do with it. In his case, at least, I think. Well, I mean, I think also his, see it like that. Well, and his dad abandoning him, too, oh, yeah. that had a huge play part into, I think, because it was that one person that he idolized that left him. Yeah, that's what I was, I was saying, like, screw the abandonment, it's okay, whatever, I still love you, though. But it's like, how do you try, I guess, abandonment, leaving me, I, I, I can make up whatever reason I want that you left. And I can kind of twist it and turn it to, he had to do it, or it was for the best, or, you know, somehow to still idolize a man mm-hmm. figure and then still stay on his path well, of ma- fuck women, fuck women, <clears throat> you know, because there's his mom turning around and... Fucking all that nature shit up. Yeah. That nurture shit well, up. I just, I just had this thought, 
too. So it was his dad's par his his dad's parents were the grandparents that he killed. Yeah. And his grandma reminded him of his mom, and his dad abandoned him. So it was almost like I can kill my mom in my eyes at right now at this moment mm -hmm. and get back at my dad for abandoning me almost. Mm -hmm. Maybe this will help fix me. Yeah. Maybe I won't have this anger and these weird oddities happening. I just gotta kill them. Like, yeah. this is sacrifice a for the greater them. good. Yeah. This is a version of them and I'm gonna take it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was his sort of, uh, his revenge. Because he fucking hated living on the farm. Especially because of his grand. It wasn't necessarily his grandpa. Because that was the father figure. At least uh, that's how I see it. And he fucking hate his grandma because she was a bitch to him too mm -hmm. and i mean after a while so you're gonna snap and unfortunately the way he snapped was they should just let him keep killing the fucking gophers and the, the birds really, and the real. rabbits and you know just let him fucking murder the small animals yeah. but it, the thing is like he was getting better and better hiding the small animal bodies so his grandma's like what the fuck are all these carcasses doing down here? <laughs> he's like god damn it you gotta get rid of that goddamn gun i'm tired of finding these fucking rabbit carcasses on my porch well and then it's what if Maud called Clarnell and was like, your son's up here killing and burying carcasses. And Clarnell goes, yeah, I got one up on you. He buried, he killed two cats while I had him. Call me back when you deal with that. Like, <laughs> yeah. for real. But he, he also sees like, yeah, my grandma reminded me of my mom. Mm -hmm. He's like, I fucking hated my mom. I yep. fucking hated that bitch. So Explain. It was his reven <laughs> yeah. it, that was his revenge kill. And that's the way he was like, Ugh. like, maybe that's why he, I mean, other than being locked up, if he didn't get locked up, then who's to say he didn't start killing earlier? Mm -hmm. I mean, or more, more. And I mean, obviously, he already fucking killed two people, his paternal grandparents. And he was still an adolescent at the time as well. Like you are, you haven't even like really hit puberty, my guy, and you're already taking out grandma and grandpa. Yeah, because well, one taking of the, a death at nine years old, fucking Christ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of the psychiatrists later said he's like in his way he avenged. Like the rejection of his father and his mother by mm -hmm. killing his grandma and his grandpa. Yep. <laughs> but all right, guys, that concludes part one of Ed Kemper. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> you got nothing to be sorry about. We're gonna we're gonna jump right into part two here in just a second. Oh wow. Uh, yay. <laughs> we are, but you're not. Yeah, you guys are gonna have to wait. Suck it. <laughs> Um, until then, send us topic requests. Let me know if you're enjoying Kay uh, Kaylee and Nate on this episode, because holy shit, I am. It is awesome having two fucking guests. I'm I'm loving it so freaking much. Don't you lie to these people. I am not <laughs> lying. <laughs> banter, banter. Lots of banter. It's making, it's refreshing. But send us all of the opinions, requests to the Instagram account at Case of the Creeps Podcast. Snail mail me at caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Case of the Creeps Podcast, both private group and page. Look for the password. Hints. It has to do with our episode, actually. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, aside, to, aside from uh, topics, I'd also like chili recipes. <laughs> I, you know, let's start a Papa Bear series. Um, red or white chili? Of chili recipes. It's red or fuck your mother. <laughs> Mother! <laughs> um, also, make sure you are rate, review, and subscribing wherever it is that you guys are listening so that we can find all of the creepy crawlers and bring them back to the mothership that is Case of the Creeps. Oh, you remember those candies, the creepy crawlers? Yes! Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, I think about that all the time. See what it is taking up cooking. For, see? Fine. Coming back with full circle to yeah. the chili Grandma recipe. Grandma could just quit making dry-ass cookies. That would have been okay. <laughs> and biscuits with mustard. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs>
Alright guys, we'll see you over at part two. Until then, I'm Katie. I'm Nate. I'm Kaylee. Bye. Peace.